1: I said it's been it's kind of been just one thing after
0: another so far I'd say so. but it's okay i'm, I'm well, good now I'm, I'm glad you're here because uh i don't know if you pay any attention but i i might have a little bit to talk about it now. what no i don't think much of it rides on wwe either, so. <laughs> <laughs> it, but but how uh, in a cell? It, oh god they oh it was so close to being good and then they kind of murdered the entire show with the ending. <laughs> oh no,, uh,
1: yeah, I heard it was uh it, it, some parts were really good, I heard um
0: there was some there were some good parts, and like I said, but the problem is at the end of it, they just went so <laughs> that's that's the good noise, I think you fuckers, why did you do this? <laughs> It was, like, so predictable and yet just so bad. It's like, everybody was like, God, this is probably what they'll do. And then it's like, but but no, maybe they won't do it. Hopefully they won't fuck it up and do it. And then they did it. Yeah. Come on, you offs
1: <sighs> Don't worry. Hey, uh, NXT will save us, just like it's going to save the WWE 2K19 game.
0: That's why I hear.
1: Like, I heard uh, Dakota Kai is a uh, DLC in that game.
0: I mean that's cool. I, 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 you know, I had bought the, um, I bought a WWE game a few years ago, mm-hmm. and it just it got old to me quick.
1: They're 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 not good. They used to be pretty good. There there's some some like back for the N64, and I think a couple for like the PlayStation. Yeah two. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah. I used to play. I used to rock one on N64. Yeah. The uh, it's just uh, <laughs> I mean. Uh,
1: I've heard these 2K uh, ones are very bad.
0: They always like. Now, the WWE, as usual, they're masters of like making it look like it'll be amazing mm-hmm. and promising you all this shit. And they'll give you what they promise you. But then you get in there, it's like, oh, well, this shit that I really would have wanted, to, yeah, they don't do it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's... And it's like, it just ends up being like kind of ridiculous. So I don't really deal with the 2K games anymore. I'm uh, always interested to see who's going to be on the cover. And yeah. the commercials were always really good for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't want the
1: game. <laughs> you know what's the most disappointing thing about 2K? Is that they probably made the best football game ever. And then um EA bought the official license like the next year for the NFL and they could never make a game. Like I don't know if you remember, it was NFL two K five, and it was it, it was amazing. It was it, it was the best football game I ever played. And still to this day is the best football game I ever played it was great and it was only 20 bucks and it was and then and then EA who makes Madden was like yeah um, you guys make a much better game than us for much cheaper than we do so we're just going to buy exclusive rights to the NFL license so you guys can't make another game
0: is that kind of how EA does like everything yeah more or less yeah i mean NFL FIFA <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah i mean, thankfully that at least there's a different like I've never gotten to play it, but I've heard it's really good. Uh, Pro Evolution Soccer. They actually have a they have a deal with Liverpool and a couple other clubs. I think yeah. Barcelona's another one of them. Yeah. Where they have a bunch of didn't they, actually did didn't Liverpool reveal their third kits through
0: PES this year? I believe so.
1: <laughs> That's right. Uh, so.
0: Well, apparently Madden or Madden Footman. I don't give a shit about I Madden. Nobody either. does. Um, yep. Apparently, FIFA um, EA bought the rights to the actual Champions League now
1: yeah that is that is they so they have the like
0: uh, that's kind of that's kind of my reason i'll that's like one of the biggest reasons i'll buy ea or i'll buy FIFA this year Mm -hmm.
1: yeah they have like the full presentation and graphics and everything for the for the champions league this year as well as actually being able to call it the champions league
0: yes it will no longer just be the champions cup yeah (laughs) what could that be (laughs) which i just just win over and over
1: (laughs) (laughs) because you're so good and and we'll talk about the champions cup as it would be known if we were playing fifa 2018 and before um but no now that we're in 2018 19 we can finally call it the champions league and hey that'll be the only champions league i'll be able to watch this year so awesome can't can't wait for fifa
0: 19
1: um hi everybody
0: gotta get, gotta, gotta get you to the pub lad.
1: Yeah, apparently um it's weekdays um welcome to the foreign affair podcast uh episode two two eight i am edward green joined as always by mccallin crime west bradshaw we survived the hurricane we're all good here in our respective regions and uh things are things are looking okay for us um, after after last week's much abbreviated podcast. So uh, we are going to be bringing you our full thoughts this week. Uh, thankfully, nothing happened last week, so that was great. Yeah, uh, thankfully,
0: it was a suck week.
1: Oof, best time ever to have a hurricane. So we're going to be bringing you uh, all the news from the Premier League in the past weekend's worth of matches, as well as the Champions League, which Wes will definitely be talking more about, because as I just alluded to, I didn't get to watch any of them. Because... I didn't feel like spending three dollars per game to watch. So well,
0: that's that said. At the end of the day, you probably didn't want to see yours anyway.
1: <laughs> that's true, but I I would have liked to have seen some of them. I would have liked yeah. to have seen Manchester City lose to Lyon.
0: Spoilers. Oh.
1: Spoilers. Spoilers.
0: See, we we left Nabil Fekir as a sleeper agent. Apparently, you're welcome. You're welcome, Europe. <gasps>
1: Ah, uh, so yeah, we'll talk about that, um, and as I said, you will, you will kind of carry that conversation, because I, I only I only got to see Ronaldo cry, which is fine, that's worth it for me, but I didn't get to actually see much else, um, so we'll be talking about that, we have a little bit of news and notes, and then Watch 4, and then a meh, sort of So Rock coming up later on in the program, as always, we're presented by NGSC Sports, ngscsports.com. We never stop. So let's get this train rolling here as we hit the Premier League action from this past weekend, back from international break. And first we're going to go through some matches that we're not really going to talk about. Uh, Huddersfield.
0: Real yeah. quick, just just the final indictment of all international breaks. Mm-hmm. I mean, this international break created a natural disaster in North and South Carolina.
1: Mother Nature actively abhors international breaks.
0: I mean, Mother Nature said, all right, fine, no Premier League. I'm going to destroy Wilmington. <laughs> um, hey guys, come on. Yeah, that's just, rough. just never again. Never you know, again. we do that again. Just, no. So, no more international breaks.
1: That's that's all we ask. It's really not a big thing to ask, I think.
0: Uh, unless it works in our schedule.
1: True. Uh, <laughs> unless you start playing in Charlotte. Um Back to the Premier League. Huddersfield took a 1-0 loss uh, to Crystal Palace uh, thanks to a goal in the 38th minute from Wilfred Zaha as uh, Palace get back to winning ways there. Uh, After the international break, Bournemouth with a big win over Leicester City. Oh, oh, big up the cherries. Uh, Ryan Frazier with a brace. Josh King with a penalty. uh, And that was just in the first half as Borman got staked out to a 3-0 lead. They had a fourth one in the 81st minute uh, before James Madison put a penalty in for Leicester in the 88th, and then Mark Albrighton, just one minute later, got them their second, but it wasn't enough good old oh, Leicester. Um, so we're going to move on from there. Uh, Wolves. Wolves really starting to hit their stride in their Premier League now, and they beat uh, Burnley, poor Burnley in the process. Uh, Raul Jimenez with a goal in the 61st minute to give Wolves their win and send Nick Petrovic into raptures. And uh, our next match uh, is one I'm sure Wes has absolutely no joy in. No, takes no pleasure from it all. I uh, Everton 1, West Ham 3. West Ham gets... <laughs> there it is. There's that laugh. Uh, West Ham gets their first win of the season, and it comes at the expense of the Toffees at Goodison Park. Uh, Andre Yarmolenko, hey, he's a good player. Uh, he scored two goals in the first 31 minutes of the match to put West Ham out front. Uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson struck just before halftime, but Marko Arnautovic put the game away for good at the hour mark to give uh, Manuel Pellegrini his club's first win of the season, huge win for them to get back on the right track. And then uh, and of ahead.
0: course, uh, Yarmolenko who has been connected with Everton for about five straight years now. <laughs> so I'm sure they were excited to see him. Beat him. <laughs>
1: very, 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 <laughs> He's giddy like a schoolgirl. Uh, and then on Monday Night Football on NBC Sports, uh, Southampton 2, Brighton and Hove 2, uh, pierre Emil Huyberg with the goal in the 35th minute, and Ingsy Danny Ings with a penalty in the 65th, put Southampton looking like they were in cruise control, but Shane Duffy got one back for Brighton in the 67th, just two minutes later, and then Glenn Murray had, had a penalty of his own in stoppage time near the end to get Brighton a point point. On the road. Big point for them on the road. So, uh, Wes, um, I guess we can also just quickly go over some of these other ones, uh, even though they involve the bigger clubs. Uh, Chelsea stays perfect uh after dropping an early goal to Cardiff at home uh in the 16th minute. Ednazart comes out with a hat trick to get Chelsea up 3-1, and then William the Brazilian adds one in the 83rd minute. And uh, Wes, very quickly here, Chelsea um, still not the toughest of schedules so far. Although that's gonna that's gonna start getting ramped up just a little bit now that they got to take on West Ham coming up here, um, and then of course Liverpool twice next week. Um, but looking good as they uh, they head into the meat of their schedule.
0: Yeah, um, you know we may have kind of underestimated a little bit what Sarri's men could do. And mm-hmm. that's, it's fair, you know, mm-hmm. um, still don't think this team is built the way Sarri wants it to. Mm-hmm. But what Maurizio Sari has is he has a guy who is at this moment playing out of his skin is really at this moment, one of the best players in the world. And that's Edna Zart. Mm-hmm. And really what we've seen over the last five or six years is As Eden Hazard goes, is how Chelsea goes. Think about it; those title-winning seasons, you know, he's in the hes in the conversation to be PFA Player of the Year. Mm -hmm. And then in the seasons where everything goes to shit, he—he's pretty much shit. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that really does bode well for Chelsea going forward. um, As he's having a—he's having a cracker of a season thus far. He's—he's been fantastic since drop, and. You know there's there's some talk about it. Um, you know there's there's a rumor out there that Hazard has already agreed terms with one of one of three big European clubs. Mm-hmm. Those clubs are believed to be the two Spanish Giants, Madrid, Barcelona, and also Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. And that there's there's kind of like an under the table agreement to sell Hazard at the end of this season. So you almost wonder is he maybe putting himself kind of in that shop window mm-hmm. to maybe make that move to Madrid or Barça or something of the sort. Uh Chelsea fans won't like that. But you know what? If you get a great season and then a huge fee for him, I guess things could turn out worse. You know, if a guy don't want to be there, he don't want to be there. It's a contract yeah. But, yeah, uh, but Ch- yeah, he he's Jeff Blauzer, <laughs> <laughs> except he actually has a really good track record. Jeff yeah. Blauser if he had like two MVP awards, already, so. um, um, yeah, I do think
1: it's yeah. interesting that you know this is it, it, it's tough to like a guy like that. I think you know I, I know we just don't really like Chelsea just as fans, but I, I think I think it's tough outside of Chelsea to like a guy like Ed Nazard who. Who only seems to turn it on when things are going well, and then when things aren't going so well, that's when he also takes it. Like he's never able to elevate his game when things around him are going poorly. And I, think, I wonder
0: if it's—I wonder if it's—does he want to elevate his game? That's and that's, poorly? Or, and or is it more attitude? Like, fuck this shit. And that's and
1: that's another point. Like, it, and either way, it's not good. So I, I yeah. think that's what makes it so hard. To to put Ed Zard at the top level. Because when he's playing like this. When he's playing like he did at the World Cup. For Belgium. You said it. This is one of the best players in the world. The problem is. We haven't seen it consistently yet. Like he'll have a great season. When Chelsea wins the title. And then as you said. We'll have a bad season. Then a great season. And then a bad season. And now it looks like he's on pace for another great season. And you know. He's made comments before. I mean obviously we've talked about it ad nauseum. The time when they were not in a good season and they were playing about to play PSG in the champions league. And he, the day before he said, you know, it'd be great to play at PSG one day. It's like, well, that's, that's not what we want to hear when you're about to play them, especially when you're at Chelsea. So I, I, that's, that's what always stops me from really buying in dead Nazard is, is this attitude. I I think attitude issue that he does have. And again, when things are going great, it's fine. But as soon as things start to take a dip, he, I think he just mentally sort of checks out. And that, that to me, keeps him from being one of the greatest. We're it's like,
0: unfortunate because he definitely has that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, see it, we see it on those off seasons when, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the guys, he's, a, he's an absolute world-class match winner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it almost seems like those tough seasons at Chelsea, he's just slept all through them. He's mm-hmm. been like a zombie. It's mm-hmm. zombie, zombie hazard, zombie, zombie. zombie. But, yeah, yeah, stop it. Man. Um, <laughs> but oh, we love you, Dolores. RIP, do. yeah. but um, you know, the, if he's turning it on this season, Chelsea, with everyone else around him, Chelsea's just they're playing well right now. They they are through this point, they are a credible threat. You know, you know. I think Watford had their great start. I don't think anyone considered Watford a credible threat. Mm-hmm. But right now, just with the start that they're getting off to and the fact they're taking maximum points and the way they're playing, you know, you, you might almost start to slip Chelsea into that conversation with Liverpool and City at this point. Um, and... Yeah, you know, maybe make them title contenders. Now, once again, it's going to also come down to what they do when they play someone. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm
1: waiting. That's I really want to see what happens when they play Liverpool twice in four days.
0: Yeah, we're we're going to see something. You know, obviously when they play Liverpool, you know when they play a City, when they play uh, United or Tottenham, um, because I'm sorry, you know they got Arsenal at the most at the most opportune time possible to get Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And they blew their doors off. So, um, yeah, we'll 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 know more about Chelsea in about two weeks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll, you know, we've talked about that. Well, you know, after next week, we'll know a little more about them. You know, I th- I think after this week, a match, we'll get to. I think we know a little bit about Spurs. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not really what we wanted to know. <laughs> um, I think we know a little bit about Liverpool, which is in a positive light, um, and it's because of those high profile, those big time matches where the intensity and the the teams are evenly matched and someone has to go and win it, Um, you know, as compared to, you know, Huddersfield (laughs) and Newcastle, (laughs) you know, uh, so, but give it up to Chelsea. I mean, they've taken maximum points. They've done everything they can. They uh, sit atop the table on goal differential. Mm -hmm. Uh, They really could not have started their season any better. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And then, uh, real quick, we'll go through this one because we'll, I think we'll talk about City more once we hit the Champions League. Uh, three-nil win over Fulham. Easy peasy. Uh, Leroy Sane, hey, I guess he's good again. Uh, he scored in the second minute <laughs> of the match, uh, followed by goals from David Silva and Raheem Sterling. So, tiny three-nil win at the Etihad for Man City. Um, Arsenal gets a. Well, real, real, real
0: quick sure. on that city, I, I was, I was watching, I watched the first half of that match and, um, you know, City go down and score. And I was kind of like half paying attention at the moment. I was like, damn, they score quick. And then I saw it with Sonny. I was like, and of course, without a doubt, it's yeah. Sonny. It had to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just had to be. So.
1: Anyway. Script writers. Um, Arsenal does get a big win on the road uh against, I guess big win, on the road against Newcastle at St. James Park. Uh, Xhaka and Ozil on the board, because of course, um, and then Newcastle pulls one back, super, super late on by and Clark. Uh, but Arsenal do get a road win, so things are starting to sort of turn from them. Again, it's Newcastle, so and Newcastle have not looked good this well, year and, at all.
0: And, and that is good for Arsenal. I mean, the race to four, <laughs> uh, you know, got to avoid relegation. So um, you know, good good on Arsenal to go get a win early. Uh, hey. Really nice on Mesut Ozil to decide. I, I play this week. <laughs>
1: this week I play. Um, of, course,
0: of course, once again, it helps when you're playing Newcastle. Very true.
1: Uh, Watford's uh, perfect run of the season, start of their season, ends uh, against Manchester United, who I think the international break could not have come any better time for than them. Um, coming off the uh, win against Burnley, uh, they come back and get a 2-1 win uh at Vicarage Road to end Watford's perfect start as I said uh Lukaku and Chris Smalling on the board for United uh Andre Gray with a goal in the 65th minute. Uh so United gets their uh gets their three points on the road. Uh second straight road win for them after an interesting start to the season.
0: Int. Um, interesting. Yeah, you know we we, we we're United big Yeah. You know, you United actually went to Watford as a dog. A oh, little yeah. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, everyone knows United has a better team than Watford. You know, Watford have, that, have had that really nice start to the season, the the big win over Spurs. And, I mean, it looked good, but, you know, when you put the paper down, mm-hmm. United should beat Watford 99 out of 100, mm-hmm. as we well-known. United just went out and took care of business. Um yeah, you know, some people are saying Mourinho was uttering that uh the the of my demise were greatly exaggerated <laughs> type line. Uh yeah, I know Watford had a really good start. I'm I'm still not overly impressed by beating Watford though. Hey, well you know, as we'll talk about a little later,
1: they, they had their way with some young boys today, so um that that's just never gonna get old. Yeah. Never just like the young boys, they're never gonna get old.
0: Uh, man, <sighs> when you when you go and beat young boys, it's just uh
1: They took great pleasure in beating young boys. I don't understand why Manchester United takes such great pleasure in beating young boys. I don't I don't get it.
0: I mean it's it's one of those catch twenty twos, you know, it, it, it might be enjoyable in the moment to beat young boys, but um you know, in the long run people are gonna be like, Man, you're beating young boys. What's that say about you? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Aren't we so glad we like?
1: I know we lost, obviously, but isn't it so great we both invo- avoided Young Boys just for this?
0: I'm I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Young Boys did not come. <sighs> all right.
1: all uh, right. Let's talk about the uh, Foreign Affairs podcast, Darby. Uh, was this past?
2: Oh, weekend. I thought we
0: were talking Catholicism. My bad. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a that's an even touchier subject right now. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, a, that's our other podcast this <laughs> week in the confessional. <laughs> Emphasis
1: on touching. Um, mm. Too soon. Mm. Never too soon. No, uh, never too soon. Tottenham uh, versus Liverpool at Wembley. Uh, Liverpool get the 2-1 win. Uh, Gigi Wijnaldum with the headed goal in the 39th minute that just barely made it over the line thanks to goal line technology, but not UVAR. Um, they took the 1-0 uh, halftime lead, and then uh, Bobby Firmino added a second in the 54th. Uh, it looked all but over uh, until Eric Lamella looked what, Basically, was going to be a courtesy goal in the 93rd minute to give Tottenham just the faintest ray of hope. And then they almost maybe should have had a second on a maybe penalty uh, uh, call for Sadio Mane um, pulling back on Young Men's Son as he went into the box. Didn't get called. That's all there is to it. Uh, so Liverpool do get a 2-1 win, uh, avenging their 4-1 loss uh, at Wembley last year.
0: They did. Um, just to, just to. I, I'm going to start my analysis. Uh, just touching on that last penalty. Is that your analysis? Okay. I'm done with the Catholic jokes. I promise about the touching. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it. Here was the thing with the the play itself. Should have been a penalty. That said. Um, it, it was almost justified not being called a penalty, just due to the fact that Liverpool so dominated that match. It would it would have been a it would have been a footballing travesty for that match to end in a draw. Um, the way that Liverpool dominated it, I know I've said this before, but this is getting said by everyone. Liverpool should have had a five spot on the board. <laughs> um, Michelle Vorm. I heard Roger Bennett say it the best. He said, uh, "He said, you know, Michelle Vorm, when he signed with Spurs, he came thinking, you know, I'll play some cup matches and maybe a Premier League match here and there. I didn't come to play Liverpool and play in the Champions League. You
1: know, it's it's actually funny that, that you mentioned that, though. I remember, I believe it was two years ago mm-hmm. um, when uh, Liverpool played at Tottenham. And, mm-hmm. and Vorm had to play. And uh, actually, he came had,
0: off the bench, I believe. Yeah, and actually
1: had a very good match. Uh, I remember a couple times he had to get up real quick and clear his line. I, I believe mm-hmm. the only goal he gave up in that match was a penalty. Um, mm, I believe so. So I, I know, I know it's fun to meme on the show for him, but he, and he okay. hasn't had a great couple games. But no. but he, it's not that he. I think he's a bad keeper. I no. so. You know, uh, that's 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 just my piece. No,
0: no, but of course, if you're Spurs, you would much rather have oh the French absolutely. You go, Oh, hundred percent. You know, Laris has his Lloris has his errors in him, but mm-hmm. in a big match like that, I mean, that's your captain. Mm-hmm. That's that's the guy that you want between the sticks. Oh, absolutely. Not, not Michelle Vorn. I, I would Rachel. never argue that. Yeah. I mean, trust me, I'd much rather have Allison between yeah. the sticks against Tottenham than uh, the the artist formerly known as Simon Mignolet. Yeah. So, um, uh, but that was big, you know. So on the on the way that game went, it, it kind of would have been disappointing for Spurs to get that penalty and get a draw. But that said, letter of the law, that was pretty much a penalty. And you know, John
1: Moss would have called that because he called the penalty last year at Anfield, and, of course, he also gave Stadio Mane a red card uh, when he kicked the kick. So, as we know, John Moss would have been just, whew, John, he,
0: He's only allowed on the blue side of my, <laughs> uh, you know, with, with being able to leave with his life. Yeah. Um, on the day, though, really just looking at the match, Liverpool were rampant. Liverpool were dominant. That first 10 minutes, I mean, Liverpool had the ball in the back of the net 44 seconds in. Uh, if it hadn't been for uh, Firmino being about half a step offside. And that just kind of spilled the way that the day went for Spurs. (sighs) Pochettino has done so well with having – now, when we say Spurs have limited resources, we're comparing that to City. (laughs) Yeah, all right. You know, City and United and Chelsea, yeah, they have limited resources. Obviously compared to everybody else outside the you know the big six, you know, they're they're loaded, they're rich, they're everything. Um Pochettino has done a great job with with the resources he's had. This was one of the first times I really saw Pochettino get out managed. Um I thought the the way Spurs set up in, in that diamond mm-hmm. They basically ceded midfield to Liverpool um, We didn't see the bite that Spurs have become known for um, now now of course a big a big big piece was the uh, the injury of Delhi Ali even more than therice mm-hmm. was not having Ali who is such a big contributor to that squad going forward um that hurt. But I just I thought tactically I thought Pochettino got it wrong. Dyer. Oof. Eric Dyer's name is now describing his level of play. It's just dire. Hmm. I mean it's it's like it's almost like Eric Dyer just doesn't know how to pass a football. Yeah. It's like oh god a ball oh what I to... just kick the shit out of it somewhere. I don't care where it goes. But yeah, he he had his hands full all day and he he had mistakes in him. I think Pochettino brought in Harry Winks almost off the back of last season's performance. And that didn't work out for him. This, this Spurs team to me right now, it it was, it's almost like when they went to man United and beat United, it was like, they gave everything they had because over the last, well now three matches, I mean they just they look spent. Mm-hmm. And when you break down Liverpool versus Tottenham in this match, you know, we we talked about we talked about Tottenham not bringing in any new players and well yes, you know the the squad is good. We know the squad is good. They have good players, but sometimes you just need that fresh blood in there. Um, I think another thing with this past summer is the World Cup was so intense, and Spurs of everyone in England, Spurs had seven of their starters that mm-hmm. played in this match. That doesn't include Lloris or mm-hmm. Dele Alli. They had seven starters in this match who played in the semifinals in the finals, basically played in the last final four, mm-hmm. and and they they look. Spurs look tired and we're in September.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, who doesn't look tired? Um, uh, uh, oh, God, I've, I've forgotten your winger's name all of a sudden, the Brazilian. Oh, Lucas Moore. Lucas Moore. Yeah. Lucas Moore doesn't look tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, didn't play in the World Cup. But, you know, you look at the defense, the defense looks tired. Um, Harry, Harry Kane... You know, it was kind of... Harry Kane has kind of covered it a little bit by the fact that he scored in August.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Harry Kane looks about 60% of Harry Kane right now. Um, Out of Varel, Vertonghen look gassed. Now, now of course, Liverpool can do this too. Liverpool are the type of team that can do it, but they look gassed against Watford. Mm-hmm. They look gassed against Inter. And this is just a... I mean, this is just a a Spurs team right now who's already the effects of a very long season. I mean, Harry Kane, Harry Kane basically has not had an off season in three years. I mean, he just plays; he keeps playing, and and that is a testament to how great of a player he is. Yeah, Uh, wouldn't have.
1: What what did he do last year?
0: Didn't they have something last summer? Or was Um, he coming off or was he coming off an injury? I think it was
1: just coming off injury. I think it was was
0: because yeah, it was the year Uh,
1: before it was Euros and then it was uh nothing and then it was World Cup year.
0: Yeah. But but you know, Kane just God, there was something that said how many matches he's played since the beginning of the Mm -hmm. season. And it's something like seventy or eighty matches. And now you go right into this season and he he just he looks he looks a shell of what he should be. And it's just, you know, Spurs are a team that under Pochettino, <clears throat> they've been known for their fitness levels. They've been known as the team who will just outrun and out hustle everyone. You know, they're the ones who they dive in for every ball. They kill themselves. They kill themselves to play their game. And right now, it just it it looks like it's taking a toll on them. Um. Uh, their injury situation doesn't help, but but it just Spurs. I'm a little nervous for Spurs right now, just because, like I said, they look tired, and it is the middle of September. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and go
1: ahead. I was just gonna say I, I do remember that I don't remember where I read it, but I remember someone either writing or talking about the, the World Cup fatigue, and it was, yeah. and they basically said you don't you won't see it in august where you'll see it is about the middle of september going into october
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that's and so that's the part we're starting to see it and hey maybe yeah. maybe we kind of saw that with city a little bit today cuz city right. is sort of in the same boat um so that's that that is something that and, and that would explain why spurs were able to have a 3-0 start to the season and and beat yeah. man united was because it hadn't kicked in yet and
0: now is when it's starting to kick in. Um, and, you know, when you look at it, you just – that the Spurs-Liverpool, we just mentioned all those Spurs players. And then you look at Liverpool where the entire back four did not play in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, well, well, Trent was there. Yeah, Trent, I take that yeah, it Trent, yeah. Trent was there. But that said, Trent played two matches, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Trent wasn't England's starting uh, right back. You know, Joe Gomez missed it through injury. Virgil wasn't there. Robertson wasn't there. Fabinho wasn't there. Now, Fabinho obviously just finally made his Liverpool debut. But you keep going down. Naby Keita wasn't there. Uh, Milner wasn't there. Vinalden wasn't there. Uh, and then, you know, you look at that front line, And, you know, right now Liverpool are having kind of some front line issues where some guys are looking tired. And you could say with Salah, maybe, I'm hoping this is why, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe Salah's just tired from everything. But the fact is the backbone of Liverpool that has been so strong for them, the defense in the midfield, most of those guys weren't at the World Cup. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than, really other than Jordan Henderson. Mm-hmm. So Liverpool looked so fresh going up against Spurs and they dominated them in midfield and, you know, they dominated them at the back. And I, I do think that's a big reason. And that's a, that's a big reason that Liverpool looks so good here early in the season. And it really often their best start since the fifties.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I just, I think this is a fresh Liverpool team. You know, Klopp was able to get most of these guys in um, on a normal schedule and start and start building, mm-hmm. start building his foundation of fitness, things that Potch has been able to do in the past. I, I think you know that's why international football soared mm-hmm. because you know it's great to have all these international players because they're elite; they're the top players. But in those summers where they play so many games and not only that, but the intensity is so high in those games, suddenly they're coming back and those guys, they they haven't had a break. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they got a couple of weeks after the world cup, but you know, they, they didn't get a break. They didn't get a proper uh, off season. They didn't get the preseason that a lot of these guys got. They didn't get an international break. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. They didn't get an international break. They, Harry Kane was exhausted and got on a... Uh, I think they played their matches at home. Yeah. So they got on... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's paying dividends for Liverpool right now is just that uh, they happen to not have a lot of guys who ended up at the World Cup this summer. Mm-hmm. And and then most of the guys that they did have weren't... didn't go deep in the tournament.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, You know, Henderson... You say Jordan Henderson did, but then with Jordan Henderson, with the depth of midfield that Liverpool have right now, they're able to take Jordan Henderson how they mm-hmm. want to. So they're keeping him fresh. Where Spurs, there's not really – there's no one else that does what Harry Kane does. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no one else. You know, with um, with the defense right now, they kind of have to play out of a and uh, tie him.
1: Well, here's the, weird, the thing about that.
0: Even yeah. if – okay,
1: you take well, one of those guys – you know who you put in. You're putting in Davinson Sanchez, who also played in the World Cup for Colombia, and who also had to play on international break. Exactly. So it's like uh-huh. – that's why it's such a weird thing. Like it's not even to, – to me it's starting to be not even like a depth issue. It's like like, like I even look at the bench. Ben Davies. Yeah. Ben Davies played on international break. He didn't even play in the match, but he played for Wales on the international break and then had to go. Uh, and he actually played for, against Inter. Like uh, when Yama played young men's son who came on late. And as we mentioned with the penalty had to come back from the Asian game uh, tribunal
0: that he had to play. And, so he could you could actually want to talk about, you want to talk about a high pressure situation. God. As, as Roger Bennett made mm-hmm. the joke, there's unman Sung, which is Korean for draft dodger. Yeah, so
1: like (laughs) that's
0: the weird thing. It's
1: like we can talk about you know Spurs need to sign people, and but then you 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 actually look at their eighteen even, and it's like
0: who who, and that's it's 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 a very good eighteen, but it's just I don't even know so much if it was the lack of signings, it was just that the 18 they have that are very good, nearly all of them are playing high level international football well, and went deep in the tournament. And, that, and that's kind of what I mean is
1: like, okay, yeah. so, so let's, let's say you buy people you're now buying people maybe. Okay. Obviously they would, if if they're good enough, then they're either in the 18 or they're challenging for even a starting spot. Okay. But if you're just buying depth, where do they do? mean know they playing on the under 23 side. Like, like what, what do they do? with these people you're buying just to literally be bodies at this point. So I, it, it, it that to me is like, it, I, I understand the argument, but at the same token, I look at like this entire 18 and it's like, they're all playing international football. They're, they're all going out there. It's, it's, so that's when it's like, it's tough. It's tough to say it's, cause it's not just, I think something we said a lot in the past with Spurs is, well, mm-hmm. who are they going to buy? That's going to jump into the first eleven? Yeah, and it's like it's who's going to jump into the first
0: eighteen? These are all uh, good players. It's not even so much that first eleven. It's you know, it's it's bringing in somebody like a Lucas Mora, which, yeah. and then getting back to technically things Potts did. You know, um, in the entire match, which we'll get to. I don't understand why you know where's Lucas Mora in that, match? Mm. and yeah, he he's tailor made for that match. And no Lucas Mora. Um, Potch is getting some uh, grief because he's kind of been the tinkerman this season. Mm-hmm. Um, has not fielded the same starting 11. Um, I don't think he's fielded the same starting 11 yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and and that's something he's got some grief on. Um, the fact that it almost looks like right now he can't decide does he want to play a back three or a back four. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, and, you know, these are questions which I, I'm not – I'm not worried about Pochettino here because, yeah, you know, I think sometimes experimentation, you've got to find what's best for you. Unfortunately for him, it's just, you know, they've all come right here in a row now. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that it looks like you could have two to three teams who are separating themselves early. Mm-hmm. And then it almost turns into a, you know, well, well, now what the hell are we playing for? Mm-hmm. You know, or uh, i yeah. I just I almost wonder if Spurs are almost in danger of becoming a little arsenal mm. where it's like, Okay, we're out, so we're not worrying about we're not worried about trying to win a title. Top four. Top four. Top four. Yeah,
1: here's the tough part, like I, I I know we play why do we play? We play to win the game, we play to win the league. I I get that.
0: Like you doing a screen.
1: Yeah, no problem. Um I who reasonably expected Spurs to win the title this year? Yeah. Anybody? Yeah, that's the thing.
2: Like, like yeah, it was,
1: like, like yeah. Who, but who? Any any reasonable person who could set all the motion aside and just looked rationally at everything, yeah. you you had basically two options: you pick City or you pick Liverpool, and that's it. Like that's it. Like like something bad would have had to have happened. There, there would have had to have been a a Leicester season s collapse from yeah. both of them, and maybe even Chelsea now for Tottenham to win the title this year, and that's that's not really a, supposed to be a knock against Tottenham. That's just supposed yeah. to be how how good those other two teams are. But and so that's why it's like, well, what do you play for? You play for top four. Like that's it, coming into this season, that unfortunately I think had to be the realistic goal. I think it did have to be top four. I think it did have to be top four. And winning a cup, uh, and and trying to make a deeper run to the Champions League, and that's that's where they have to do it. And obviously, this week uh, took a bit of a hit, um, but at the same token, like I think it's still all to play for in that group. Obviously, we'll get to that later. Um, but I, and that's what I think. Like I, I don't, I don't think winning the league should have been a realistic goal this year. I know that's shitty to say, but I think it's also honest like again like i think some I, I don't think tottenham could have just gone out play great and won the league mm-hmm. city and liverpool would have also had to have fucked up for them to win the league
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that's no, as of right now through match week five it's not looking like it's gonna happen so that's that's just where i would stand on that like i, I understand what you're saying and i think you make a good point but i also
0: think it's like you're never gonna win the title this year so I mean, then it just comes down to what what are your expectations? And yeah. I think there there's definitely a a group in in the Spurs fan base who are you know they I think Spurs fans have built have bought into the project. Mm-hmm. But I think you're getting a, a group of them that are becoming restless, and they want to see the project pay off.
1: Oh, trust me, I've been on Spurs Reddit. I
2: know.
0: Yeah, yeah, a- and you know, part of that—I mean, something I heard is somebody say, you know, Liverpool or are- Spurs have been telling their fans they'll be for four years. You know, they li- Liverpool have kind of taken that step and built that team, and you know, Tottenham have been Tottenham have been saying this is. Tottenham had basically been saying that they were going to be what Liverpool would become, mm-hmm. and for some reason, for Tottenham it just hasn't gotten to that point. And I think it just, you know, no matter how good a manager is, and Poch, I mean, Pochettino has got to go down at this point as one of the best managers, I would say, in Spurs history.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, yes, he doesn't have the silverware to back it up, but once again, it, it is different time and place and also it's not like spurs exactly have a bulging
2: mm-hmm.
0: trophy case anyway you know not take away from them but you know it's not like you know it's not like they've got a bunch of past who've got european titles and titles just scattered through the cv somewhere potch is definitely one of the best managers they've had and in 20 years by far he's the best manager mm-hmm. they've had you know, when you've gone through the Harry Redknapp, the <laughs> AVB. you know, you've gone through that shit and you've seen them underachieve and, you know, spin big on shit and just bad things happen. Obviously, Pochettino was the breath of fresh air. He's the guy who brought hope. Um, he has built a fantastic Spurs squad, I mean, probably the best squad Spurs have had. And I can't really go all the way back into his Spurs, but. I certainly, certainly, since I've been watching football, which has been around the 13, 14 year mark now. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the best Spurs squad that I've seen. I mean, it's probably the best since
1: they were in like early eighties. I think when they were winning uh, the
0: European Cups. So, I, I guess so. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, Poch has done magnificent, but at some point, there's always a a point of the fan base, and trust me. I can definitely tell you this as a Liverpool fan because these are the clop out people, (laughs) but there is that group that's going to be vocal and say, you know, yeah, you've done great in the project, but when are we going to see this project pay off? Mm -hmm. And I just think, um, you know, now with three losses on the trot, finding themselves down in the champions league uh, group, a difficult group, as we're seeing at this point, um, you know, seeing themselves now six off the pace in the league. I think there's a definite group of Spurs fans that are growing a little disenchanted, disenfranchised.
1: I will say I, I did enjoy this. I was on Spurs Reddit and somebody went into this, uh, created a post and was like, God, you know, it's, I, I think, I think this was this yes yeah, was today. He was like, you know, I don't know you know this this i think we just need to accept that this is just isn't going to be our year you know we're going to take our lumps this year and we might be finishing 4th, 5th, 6th and you know that's just you know what's going to happen and then the first response was get that reactionary knee jerk shit out of here that was for yesterday today's a new day fuck you and i was like oh okay then that's a that's a good response from the fan base to that kind of post um so i i do think and God only knows we'll get to the schedule in a second here for the upcoming week. Um obviously they have Brighton this week. Brighton already gave Manchester United all they could handle, so this is not an easy match. But
0: Brighton gave Liverpool a decent match. So. Yeah.
1: So so but Tottenham could also go into the MX and win and everything That's gets true. turned around and this is all forgotten. I I do think a point you made, you know, with them all coming in a row, it looks a lot worse than if it had been like
2: mm-hmm. every
1: other game. I I think there are areas of concern. I also think and and I I love oh God, I love you Arlo White. I love you so much. Um after the after the Manchester United match, I believe he tweeted out something like, you know, this Spurs team looks together, they look cohesive, cohesive. Um, you know, Manchester United's complained about no signings and this Tottenham team just blew them out of the water and they had no signings. Um and then this just after the Inter match these like they look gas and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you, you can't have both. Like, like like both can't be true in the span of three weeks. It's, it's the answer is somewhere in the middle. It's not that not having signings was the right thing to do. It's not that not having signings was the wrong thing to do. It's just the situation we're in. I think that's, that's one of the issues we see in football a lot because, you know, we only play once a week, twice champions, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, is we tend to be very reactionary. We've been very reactionary on this podcast. Not just with Liverpool and Spurs. We've been very reactionary with Chelsea. We've been reactionary with Arsenal. We've been reactionary with United. God knows we've been reactionary with United. And we've been reactionary with... Like, we, we've been reactionary with everybody. We do it too. But we also need to sometimes just step back and say, okay, just let's wait and see what happens. So that's, that's all I want to say about that. And that's, that's that. So, uh, um, me,
0: go ahead. Oh, I have one more thing to throw in there. And suddenly it is just, oh, this is just slip my mind. That's
1: okay. Well, if you, if you remember it while I'm going through the table, just let me know. Um, the table now looks like this. Uh, Chelsea currently topped the table, uh, with 15 points, level on points with Liverpool, but one goal better on goal differential, um, Man City two points back with 13. Watford is in fourth with 12. Bournemouth is in fifth with 10 up the Cherries and Tottenham are in sixth with nine points. Um, at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Cardiff currently sitting just outside with two points. Huddersfield inside with two points and Newcastle and Burnley are at the bottom with one point apiece. Newcastle and Burnley, oh boy. I, I, I... It's,
0: it's crazy It's crazy how shit West Ham were and all of a sudden it's like, oh, who-
1: <laughs> One win, All I, takes his And and it does, but man, I I I know I keep I feel like I bring this up every week. I'm still just waiting for that Newcastle shoot to drop on Rafa Benitez, and I don't want it to. I love I really like him as a manager, but like, and I don't think it's his fault by any means. I'm not blaming him. I'm just oof, that's a that's a I mean, rough. I
0: mean, you you, you can't make uh you can't cook a filet mignon out of. A- leftover hamburger it's true we tried it tonight it doesn't work um <laughs> so oh, wait, real, real quick real quick you sure that totally off subject but since we're talking about meat really quick uh have you noticed the new spokesperson for arby's
1: no i haven't seen it. what who is
0: it it is it is h john benjamin <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. basically talking about roast beef and sandwiches it's fantastic. They're, they're like two or three Arby's commercials. I'm staring at one right now as I'm rewatching Liverpool PSG. <laughs> I will be. I will be yeah, looking just, this up on YouTube. Yeah, just some to throw out there. Go ahead. We
1: love H. John Benjamin. Oh.
0: oh He's uh, great. It, uh, it just sounds like Archer talking about Arby's. <laughs>
1: perfect. That's that's what will get me back to Arby's. Um, not their horsey sauce. Uh Saturday, Saturday the up in schedule. 7:30 a.m. Get started with uh, Fulham versus Watford, as Watford looks to get back on the winning way. Uh 10 a.m. you get your choice of Leicester versus Huddersfield, Liverpool versus Liverpool Light, I mean Southampton. Ten AM also ten AM you get Manchester. There you go. Uh, our <laughs> Manchester United versus Wolves. That's a big match for Wolves. Uh, Palace versus Newcastle, Burnley versus Bournemouth, and then Cardiff versus Manchester City, and then at twelve thirty, as mentioned earlier, it's Brighton and versus Tottenham on Sunday at eight thirty. You get West Ham versus Chelsea. Can West Ham make it two in a row? And then Chelsea's perfect start. And then at eleven a.m., Arsenal versus Everton. Yay! That's gonna be
2: Whoopee.
1: so much. Yay! Whatever. Um, so
0: much self-flogging going on in that match. <clears throat> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: all right so uh now that we've already spent the first almost out of this podcast talking about that um we're gonna quickly go through some of the champions like we'll obviously stop for some of these and again i didn't get to watch it because i'm not paying three dollars okay. for every fucking match you assholes and i you can't you
0: can't just you can't just get like tnt or something i have tnt i try
1: it wait gotta gotta make sure nobody from work is listening to this I tried logging in at work; it didn't let me. Ew. Yeah, Fox Sports
0: lets me. I, I NBC lets me. TNT did not let me. Well, for me, I had to until I was able to get home and watch. Great TV app on my phone. Mm-hmm. That's why I still pay you assholes one hundred eighty dollars a month.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's why I I have fortunately someone in my non blood related family has a Direct TV login. And that's what I use for everything. I use TNT on my home here on Apple TV, and it works great. I, I use it to log in on NBC Sports and Fox Sports at work when I definitely don't watch soccer. Um, yeah. But it, for some reason, TNT just didn't like it. And then I was like, all right, well, maybe at least maybe let me log in on the Breacher Report app so I can watch the TNT matches. And
0: no, no. None for you, none for me. So. Well, may I may I, may I start our Champions League coverage with uh, commentary about the uh, the Turner whatever? Please, because oh, I have I have no idea about it. Go ahead. Oh my sweet God Almighty! Why can I not have Alexi back in my? Oh, life? that's 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 not what I want to hear. Um, their studio coverage is led by the ultra. Gorgeous and ultra talented, Kate Abdo. We like Kate Abdo. She's oh, good. Love Kate Abdo. She was she's great in Cape the World Abdo. Cup. Well, she's magnificent. Um, and she's very easy on the eyes as well. But she is magnificent. It all goes downhill from there. I heard Steve Nash was on earlier. Steve Nash is the best one that they have. Wait, what? Yes, that's the problem. Oh God! Steve Nash is the best commentator they have. The guy was an NBA player. He's, he's basically gotten this off the back of he played in the NBA, and this is TNT, who does nothing but NBA cover. Oh, no. Or so they brought in Steve Nash, and he's known to be a Spurs fan. Yeah. Which, by the way, he was devastated yesterday. I'm sure he was. Um, Stuart Holden, I'm just not a huge Stuart Holden fan in general. But, I mean, Stuart Holden's decent. I'll give him that at least. He's decent. Carlos Bocanegra and Aguchi Anyewu are unwatchable. Uh. It is so bad. I just I can't understand what TNT's doing. You're basically taking the top European competition
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you're staffing people to talk about it who were former United States players. Uh. And I understand that, yes, Bacanegra, yes, these all all these guys, yeah, they play. But, I mean, they're not European-based guys. I mean, they they had a little run over there. I want, when it comes especially to my European coverage, I want people who are European-based and know the European game. Mm-hmm. And as much as Alexi Lawless was a dickhead, Alexi Lawless knew what was going on. Warren Barton knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rob Stone's magnificent. We just know Rob Stone's magnificent. Mm-hmm. You know, so no Fox was not great by any means, but oh my God, this Bleacher Report slash TNT studio show is borderline unwatchable. Oh, God. So, mm. just know you did not miss anything with the halftime show and the post game analysis. There's like, there's no real analysis. It's just uh yeah, Liverpool outplayed PSG. Thank you. Mm. I know because I just watched the match for ninety minutes. I know mm. that. Anything else you got? Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's my little rant to start everything off. I am, I am longing for the days of Lawless and Bart and Stoner. Ah, that's and and their and their random female co host I. It's bad. It's bad. And then there was another thing I noticed was, you know, because I watched. Well, here's the other thing: they only, because they don't have it like on Fox Sports Two or something. Yeah, I. So you know, I don't understand. Of course, you had to get friends in all day on TVS you know, how dare we, you know, maybe use TBS or True TV, you know, kind of like they do the NCAA tournament. That's just we what I was about to say. To yeah, I... but um, so basically, they had Barcelona, PSV, and Liverpool, um, mm-hmm. and Liverpool, PSG. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, know, you couldn't watch the Spurs match, couldn't watch the Napoli match. So I was I was displeased with that. And then, especially during the Barcelona PSV match, it seemed like they had the crowd noise piped up too loud mm-hmm. and it was hard to hear the announcers. I, I so will their, say their, one their, thing. I don't think their production compared to NBC Sports is so bad. I will say one thing I heard about that
1: is that they are basically just bringing in the world feed. I guess, I, guess, I don't know if it's uh-huh. whatever, whatever feed they use natively in England that's the entire thing they're bringing in. Like, it's not even... And and I I think Fox did that a little bit. Um, Uh And and I know, like, that's what NBC will do on their games when they're not, like, it's not Arlo or somebody.
0: At Oh, yeah, I mean, more the NBC gold match.
1: Yes, those. Um, But still, like, I don't remember that ever being a problem, though, either. I
0: mean, it was was just almost like whoever levels were just... And it was like that for both games. It's like you could, and trust me, I I enjoy hearing the crowd. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But it was almost like you could hear the crowd to the detriment of the announcer. Mm -hmm. And that was just getting old. It's like, wait, what the hell did he say? What did he say? What did he say? Um, They got it better during the Liverpool match. But then the, you know, during the Liverpool match, the PSG crowd, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, they almost over they almost drowned out the announcers a number of times. Jeez. So I'm hoping that's just okay, it's week one. You know, this is well, it's not really week one because they've done, you know, other matches, but mm-hmm. you know, hopefully they'll get this shit right because it, oh my god. And then, you know, when we watch the Premier League, you know, we're used to all these fantastic replays and just mm-hmm. all the you know, the production quality that NBC does is fantastic. Mm-hmm. This doesn't even come close. So, on to the matches. <laughs> so, now let's talk about soccer, huh?
1: Oh, God. All right. Uh, good news now, for now you. That,
2: now
0: that we've used our television background. Yeah.
1: Good news for you. your uh, American soccer fans. One of your own scored. Uh, Christian Pulisic with the winner for Borussia Dortmund over Club Bruges as they get three points in Group A. Uh, as did Atletico Madrid, who get a comeback win over Monaco 2-1. Uh, Diego Costa with a tying goal in the 35th minute. And then uh, a winner just before uh, halftime from Jose Jimenez uh, got uh, Atletico all three points. So again, this, is, this could be a pretty interesting group, Wes, uh, with a lot of clubs we know. Um, but so far, Atletico and Borussia Dortmund uh, staking their claim to the top
2: of the group.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what we figured would happen. Um, great on uh, Pulisic to get that goal. I believe it was his makes mm-hmm. uh, Mason, I believe, the youngest – maybe the youngest player ever at Dortmund to make 100 appearances. Wow. Okay. I believe that. Uh, definitely, definitely the youngest American 100 appearances. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was that was kind of doughy. <laughs> <laughs> that was never really going to be in uh, much doubt at that point, so – uh, but, you know, really, really nice, and then to go and score in the Champions League and to score a big goal in the Champions League, mm-hmm. um, that's that's an awesome day for that young man, and, and for the United States, I believe.
1: Absolutely. So, so big win for Dortmund there. As I flip back... Oh, no. Okay, there we go. Uh, now we head to Group B, uh, as we, we've talked a lot about uh, Tottenham already, um, they... Uh, went to the San Siro in Italy, where they took on Inter. Uh, took a 1-0 lead through Christian Eriksen's deflected goal in the 53rd minutes. They were pretty on cruise control for the next half hour. Uh, but then Inter scored two goals in the final eight minutes of the match. Uh, one from Mauro Carde, and then the winner from Matias Valero uh, to get the winner in the 92nd minute as uh, Inter. Um, just a, Just a big win for them. Uh, two teams that have kind of were kind of coming in, hoping for a win um, and, and enter getting this big win at home. Uh, also Barcelona cleaning up over PSV four 0 Messi with a hat trick current front uh, runner, not front runner, but current leader uh, for most goals scored in the champions league so far. Cause Ronaldo didn't get any high. Fuck you. Um, so, so Barcelona obviously topping the group and, um, but still with the second and third place matches all to play for, but Inter do strike first for second.
0: They do. And that was, you know, we're not going to go in depth on Tottenham's issues again. I mean, I think we kind of covered those earlier, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was still, it was kind of the same thing there. The The difference here was they got the early lead and it was almost like Tottenham were kind of like, okay, we're up one nil. So, and late on they just you know they switched off a couple of times that's all it was you know and and you're playing a team that's got really dangerous attacking players which Inter does even though Inter's been shit this year mm-hmm. I mean they had not had a good start at all in Serie A um, Tottenham just got caught a couple times switching off mm-hmm. and Accardi that was that was a magnificent strike from McCarty. Mm-hmm. a great player I mean, that, was, that was fantastic uh- um, yeah
1: couple interesting stats uh four of tottenham's uh six conceded goals the last six conceded goals have come from set pieces so that's
2: yeah
1: that's 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 weird and just i i don't want to call it because i don't want to take anything away from it or or try to downplay tottenham more or or their struggles more that's kind of a fluky thing like it's it's kind of like Babbitt in baseball you know you, you expect that to come back down a little bit um, or at least you hope that that trend doesn't continue. Um, well, don't
0: forget, you're talking to a Liverpool fan who just tormented by set pieces for the last yeah. half of a decade. So <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> really the last decade. Um, you know, and that's just – that's another thing we kind of talked about with Tottenham is, you know, th- this is a team that's been built on that d- defensive stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. the last few years they've been we've touted them as having the best defense in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And we're just we're just seeing them switch off too much this year.
1: Well, and the other thing the other staff is gonna bring up, and this this comes from a great article on uh, the athletic, which I, I just cannot recommend enough. Go go get a subscription, it's fantastic.
0: It's got uh, my free subscription so
1: Awesome. Great, great Red Sox articles on there.
0: Yeah, oh yeah,
1: um, but yeah, I was just looking at this Tottenham article from Michael Cayley. Um, talking about some of their struggles uh mentions in uh, their are, their are five league matches this season Spurs have allowed 73 shot attempts that's the most they've allowed during a five match stretch in either of the last two league campaigns the next most in a five game stretch was 61 um, so that's that's a big proponent of of again why they're struggling and if they can so if they can clamp down on that I also think that they're going to start doing but that that is something that obviously being tired could uh be a symptom or this this could be a symptom of that tiredness.
0: Um, I believe there was a there was a stat from the Liverpool match where Liverpool had 10 shots on target mm-hmm. and it was the first time Spurs had given up 10 shots on target in a home match in something like god 7 or 8 years. Mm-hmm. Um but you know like you said that's that's a symptom of you know, midfield not being able to control play, mm-hmm. and up front not being able to really get anything going. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it does all kind of come round circle together. So
1: yeah, well let's let's talk about that Liverpool match because that's Group C. Uh, Red Star Belgrade Napoli. They played a nil nil draw. Trust us, it happened. I didn't even have to pay two ninety nine to know that. Um <laughs> and, and as far as Cup would say. That's all I have to say about that. Um, The other match was much more exciting. Uh, Liverpool 3 PSG 2. Things looked good early for Liverpool as Daniel Sturridge and James Milner scored six minutes apart after the half half hour mark. Uh, That looked like Liverpool were set on their way. Uh, But just four minutes later, Thomas Meunier uh, pulled one back for PSG. Mm -hmm. And then Kylian Mbappe looked like he had secured PSG a point in the 83rd minute with a goal. um, That sent that already raucous crowd, as you were talking about, into a frenzy. Uh, But Roberto Firmino came on as a substitute and pulled the goal back in the 92nd minute to give Liverpool all three points. Um, And Wes, as, as big of a win as this is for Liverpool... Um, I did notice a little bit of the talk was that, um, A, some of the Liverpool fans think that they didn't play that great, which would be interesting to hear. Um, and B, I heard a lot of, and, and not that this would be an excuse necessarily, but PSG played a very much more defensive game, especially early, a much more, passive passive's the right word. Um, but a more like, we're playing on the road let's try to limit goals. And then as they fell behind two nil, they had to kind of come out that a little bit. That's so that's, that's what I heard. Cause again, couldn't mm-hmm. watch.
0: Didn't see shit. I'm actually rewatching it right now. We're in the 54. Um, okay. Just, just some quick notes, things to throw around this match. Uh, Thomas Tuchel, his last two trips to Anfield as a manager, <laughs> lost lost 4-3 <laughs> as the manager of Dortmund on a goal in the 90th plus one <laughs> and then loses 3-2 as the manager of PSG on a goal in the 90th minute plus one so that's fun <laughs> um, in response to the passive early defensively for PSG it, it's kind of because Liverpool did to them what they did to Spurs <laughs> they came out and got directly in their grill and just took the game to them for about the first 10, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it took a while for PSG to get the ball and kind of try to settle themselves in. Um, It had some of the hallmarks of the Spurs game, really. Liverpool dominated in midfield. I mean, just dominated on the midfield. Um, Shut down that vaunted big three. It was big three versus big three. Uh, Liverpool's was put together for about 90 million pounds. PSG's was put together for about 400 million pounds. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, we, we saw who won. Um, a couple other notes. When Trent Alexander-Arnold went home last night, you know, he, he reached into his pocket, he pulled out his car keys, he pulled out his wallet, and then he pulled out Neymar. It was a fun one. Um, in response to Neymar's uh, quip about a week and a half ago, saying he didn't think... The- would finish in the top four of the Premier League. Does that mean PSG would finish sixth? Sure. So yeah. I guess PSG's not getting the top four either, <laughs> Just so many little fun things for this. Um in response to the Liverpool didn't play well. A lot of that I think is more directed to the fact that most sucked. Mm. I mean, he sucked in this match. Um, Sala, I mean, Sala basically handed them the equalizer Mm -hmm. with a horrendous pass in midfield. Just, you know, here we are, we get the ball back. We do very good back. Sala's got the ball around the quarter of the way in his own half. And, you know, if he just shoots a ball up to Firmino, we're kind of counterattacking and instead he half-rolls a ball behind Firmino that um, PSG pick up. Uh, Neymar does the only thing that he contributes to the whole match. Um, and drops off one to Mbappe, and Mbappe scores the, the, the equalizer. Uh, and th- as that happened, uh, Klopp was turning around going, Zerdinand and quickly... Uh, Salah came off. Uh, Sala could somewhat be in the same group with what's going on with Harry Kane right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: As in, I think from last season, he may just be exhausted. Uh, no, once again, was in the World Cup. Uh, now, of course, Sala had to come back from the injury mm-hmm. that occurred in the World Cup, in the Champions League final. Um, but he is yeah, he scored a few goals this season and had a goal dis that's watching right now again. Uh, the one where Sturridge made contact with uh, Areola's unmentionable region, mm-hmm. um, and Salah had put one in that gold disc. But Mo just has not looked like Mo yet this year, um, and part of it is you almost wonder trying to force things. Mm-hmm. Does he have that pressure? That man, you know, I was a man this year. Everybody's saying it was a one season thing. I can't do it again. So it's like he's trying too hard to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, Mane's had his moments; <laughs> had one against Spurs, where a basically a three-on-two break that Liverpool should have easily put a goal in. Um, he makes a wrong choice and passes to Caden instead of Mane uh, instead of Salah, and that results in no goal. So Liverpool's front three—I mean, they have not been. They have not been anywhere near what they were last season. And that's I think what's truly terrifying about Liverpool mm-hmm. <laughs> is man, the front three hasn't been very good. Uh yeah, and all they've done is win everything they played <laughs> and find a way to score goals. Uh Firmino, whew, Firmino uh put uh put one of those mighty duck deeks from the movie. <laughs> he kind of put one of those on uh w- I mean, but not a totally spun around looking for the ball. It's like, oh, shit, wait, where's the damn ball? And Firmino pulls it out to his right foot, fires a beautiful goal in, has maybe my favorite celebration ever where he just covers up his right eye. Um, I was sitting there like, oh, that's smart. He just doesn't want anyone to hit him in the eye. And then later, look out, I was like, oh, no, that was a playing celebration. What the fuck's he doing? <laughs> so we're calling him one-eyed Bobby at the moment, but- <laughs> Um, argh, when I bought it, it's talk like a pirate. taste. So yeah. I'd like to hear the Brazilian. That'd be mm, really weird.
2: Yeah, there we
0: go. Good job, Wes. Um, Neymar and Mbappe really. Neymar and Mbappe each had a two. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, they were they were shut down. There was there was nothing being able to link. The um, Mbappe scored the goal. Mbappe had a really nice move earlier that made the highlight reel where he got around Robertson and flipped in a cross that did no damage. Other than that, man, Mbappe was not anything special on the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neymar, as I jokingly put on Facebook under a post, you know, I'll give it to Neymar. He wasn't flying over the field, mainly because James Miller would not let him fall. <laughs> so it's like, well, there's no need to fall down if, you know, don't have the ball to begin with. Um, but uh, Liverpool just, they did a magnificent job defensively. Uh, the Mugue goal came on a uh, misplayed clearance from Robertson. And like we say, you know, the second goal came on Mane with a, on Mo Salah, giving a mm-hmm. really, really. Other than that, you know, Allison was great. Uh, Allison, I thought Allison was really good at getting the ball and getting it out quickly and get putting it into dangerous positions. Um, the way PSG played with their three at the back, Robertson and Trent had a ton of room to get down the side and do things. Robertson had the uh, cross for the first goal um, that came off the head of Sturridge. Uh, Trent had a beautiful cross that Sturridge should have finished in the second half um, that he misjudged it; it went off his shoulder instead of his head. Uh, that, that should have made it three to one at that point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you give those young fullbacks, you know, you got two young fullbacks who were facing Cavani, Neymar, and Mbappe. And they, they were spectacular. They're spectacular. Jordan Henderson was great in midfield. Whatever the hell Genie Vinaldum, son of a bitch, he's actually turned into a really good (laughs) football And of course, you know, Daniel Sturridge just does what he does. He just, he just fucking scores goals and dances. (laughs) And really, I mean, Sturge could have, Sturge could have legitimately had a hat trick in this. I mean, he was, he was really good. And then Firmino came on and gave us that little bit of Brazilian magic since we don't have the the little, little magician anymore. Now, Firmino, it's his job to break it down. Yeah, man. Uh, And to top it off, Fabinho made his debut. So, (laughs) um, Excellent, excellent night. I mean, excellent night for. Liverpool. Could not have asked for a better start to the group. Um, you know, with the draw, PSG find themselves in an unfamiliar position of uh, bottom of the group. Obviously, after one match, that'll mm-hmm. round quickly, I believe. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think for Liverpool being able to do this, I think it would it would be better for Liverpool to start this Champions League off with a big time opponent. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it was better for them to start with PSG than Belgrade than right. Red Star mm-hmm. um, because they walked right out there. And I, I just I think Liverpool proved that you know what last season wasn't a fluke. Mm-hmm. You know, last year's Champions League run it wasn't a fluke. You know, we're here and we are a major player in this tournament. And if you don't take us seriously, we're going to blow you off. Of- and I think Liverpool showed that you know if things keep clicking. Obviously, I don't think they're going to win every match they play this year. <laughs> uh, but if things keep clicking, you know, Liverpool are going to be there when, when you get to the. Obviously, regarding whatever the draw will be, sure, Liverpool have shown they they are a player to be reckoned with in Europe.
1: And uh, for the the big rematch will be November twenty eighth, so that is when they will remate at the Parc de Princesse uh, okay. to see how uh, if. Uh, P.S.G. can get a little bit of revenge, or if Liverpool, maybe by that point can just win the group. We'll see. Um, group D, uh, the group eh, nobody really cares about. Uh, Galatasaray got a 3 0 win over Lokomotiv, uh, so good for them. And then Schalke and Porto uh, got the big one-one draw um, in uh, in Germany, so Schalke no fear getting getting the point at home. Uh, group E, um, also. Eh. Ix uh, beat Aek Athens three <laughs> 0 Yes, I said it right. Uh, so they they how dare you? I know. After all this time, ready. I was ready to correct you, Dan. I know you were. Uh, and then Bayern Munich did what Bayern Munich does, and they went to Benfica and got a two nil win. Uh, goals from Lewandowski and Renato Sanchez. Um,
0: it, it's really. It's just too bad there's not a team from, you know, Glasgow in this tournament. Yeah. Uh, then we see your trooper. Uh,
1: <laughs> Celtic tie. Um, uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> group F. Fuck. Uh, Leon. Oh, this is where everything gets fucked. Uh, oh, and I think, yeah. I think really, you know, I and I don't want to say this because you know, I'm trying to downplay what happened to Tottenham. I think this is the story of the first week of the Champions League. And fuck I you. I believe so. Totally. Fuck you, Ronaldo. I don't think it's you either. Um, Shakhtar <laughs> and Hoffenheim, they drew 2 2. That was a pretty fun match um, with uh, Shakhtar getting a late goal from Macon to get the 2 2 draw. But Leon goes to Manchester and gets a 2 1 win. Wes, as you mentioned, Nabil Fecker. With the 43rd minute goal that proved to be the winner. Uh, Bernardo Silva pulled one back for City in the 67th. But it wasn't enough. Wes, we looked at this group on draw day. And we're kind of like, well, City might just come through with this with 18 points. And they're starting off week one with zero points. I, Especially to start at home. And, and with all respect to Leon, Like, City should win this match. If they want to be uh, a team that's going to win the Champions League, which is at this point what they should be desiring, we talked about goals here. That should be a goal for City this year is to win the well, Champions well, League.
0: You, you didn't bring in Guardiola to winning; you'd already won that with two other. Precisely.
1: So this is, the, and 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 again, as I as I mentioned earlier, we don't want to overreact and have bad knee jerk reactions, but. Mm, that's, that's not the way you want to start your campaign, Wes.
0: It's not. And, you know, you, you look at it. That stands serving his uh, match suspension mm-hmm. from um, being thrown out of the, the last mm-hmm. Liverpool City match from last season. Mm-hmm. Um, something to also throw in earlier, uh, Gigi Buc- uh, is, is serving a three-match suspension for his red card against Real Madrid last year. So of course yeah. he didn't play against Liverpool. Yeah, I don't think. Although there's play.
1: a there's a I've been reading there's a little bit of a controversy there over where he whether he'd even be playing. Period.
0: I'm I'm a bigger at this point of his career. I'm a bigger fan of. Ar-
2: mm-hmm.
0: You know I, I think it was a little ridiculous for PSG to even bring him in. But whatever, mm. we're, not, we're not talking anyway. So that's not that's not for right now. No. Um, <sighs> Me, I, I I did not see the City match today. I have not heard much of a match report. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought apparently Fakir had a fantastic goal, so I will call him a, a Liverpool sleeper <laughs> cell. Um, and and he did it fantastically. City should still be definitely favored to come out of this group. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it does show is there are, I mean, there's a chink of the armor somewhere for City. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, defensively, I'm, huh, yeah, I'm, I'm still not exactly sold on this team at the back. Sure. I mean, it's the same back that they had last year and people were bitching that they weren't good enough. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so what's really changed? I mean, yeah, they're a year older and you figure stones and Laporte and, you know, you mm-hmm. figure you get better and they've been fine this year, but there are chinks in the city armor. Guardiola in the stands, it was Mikel Arteta was actually Mm -hmm. heading this match. Um, I mean, there's, I don't really know why they would underestimate Leon. uh, Just because, as you said, and it's been said, their focus this year is to win the Champions League. Oh, yeah. Well, let me say, you know, they. I mean, they've won the the league with Pellegrini and Mancini. Mm Mm-hmm. So okay, I mean, yeah, if we want to win the league, keep one of those guys. I mean, you bring in Pep Guardiola because you know Abu Dhabi wants to put their stamp on the big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they didn't do it to win the Premier League again. That was that was a starter goal, and they've done it now multiple times. So their one goal this season is to win the Champions League. <clears throat> And this isn't a killer to it by any means, because no. they can and probably most likely will still win this group. But, you know, it does just kind of put that niggle back there going, God, what the hell's wrong? There's something wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I mean, we'll see. This this could turn to galvanize city, so.
1: Sure. And and next, uh, next they have to go to Hoffenheim on October 2nd, so there's definitely a chance for a rebound, but – To to lose like that at home, I I think is the most damn. Like if they had gone into France and lost to this Leon club two one, you'd be like, "Eh, okay, you know Leon crowd behind them. Okay, maybe you know first first match, put it all out there, great for them. To lose like this at home, it just it just feels a lot worse. And again, I
0: said. Go ahead. Well, that's it. I mean, it's the Eddie Head. It's not sure. exactly like we're talking Anfield or sure. Old Trafford or you know what the artist formerly known as White Hart Lane. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, it's not like we're talking one of those places. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking city where they usually don't even sell these things out. So. <laughs> that's true.
1: That's 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 totally a fair point. Um, yeah, actually, let me look real quick because uh, I want to see. What's... I almost
0: would assume they did on this one, but after that.
1: Uh, let's see, <laughs> uh, UEFA, Gov- uh, they, no, they got their, their UEFA governed football capacity is 53,000. They had a, and again, this is announced attendance. So this is not even like who is actually there. Announced attendance was just a hair over 40,000. So they're about 80, yeah. per- a little under 80% full. Yeah. And that's, and that's again, that's announced.
2: Pathetic. So yeah, that's
0: pathetic. So, um, I mean, you know, it's it's not like you're walking into, you know, Anfield was a cauldron mm-hmm. for PSG. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Eddie head is just the Eddie head. They, they call it the empty. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let me just make sure before
1: before we before we speak too much. I just want to okay, yeah. Liver Liverpool was two thousand off their announced attendance or their capacity. So yeah, yeah that's a lot different. Um, I just would I, I assumed it was true. I just wanted to make sure. Just just for fact checks you know, sake.
0: really, I almost wonder how some of these numbers, how they do them, because I mean, you know, for Liverpool after what they did last season, the way this season started, and just Liverpool in general, I mean, you would figure it would be an easy sellout. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I guess being just, I guess because it's a weekday, I guess there is a small contingent that may, and because, and because I. Was, well, because they started at 3 hour time. So I guess that's eight o'clock.
0: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's eight o'clock over there. It's probably. So. You know, you would just. I don't know. I don't know how those numbers come out sometimes. So announce attendance and paid attendance. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but but anyway, you know, that's the that's Eddie hat The Eddie hat yeah. is not really much for city, it, ha- yeah. it never has been. So, um, you know, it, it's almost. Yeah, really? You look at it, I mean, they've lost their last two Champions League matches at home. Mm-hmm. After you see what Liverpool did to them last year there, um, I mean, I think City will be fine, but it is just kind of a chink in the arm mm-hmm. going forward.
1: Well, another club that was more than 10,000 off their capacity attendance was the defending title holders, Real Madrid. Uh, but they had an easy go of it in Group G against Roma. 3-0 was the victory there. Ishko and Bale with goals there. Uh, and the other match in Group G, uh, Victoria Pizan drew with CSKA 2-2. Um, goals early on uh, for Victoria from Michael Krimchik uh, is how we're going to pronounce that. Um, but then Moscow pulled a pair late, including a very late penalty from Nikola Vlasic um, to give Moscow a point on the road. And then we talked about this earlier, but Group H, uh, Manchester United beat up on some young boys. Um, Pogba just took advantage of being able to play against young boys with but a must brace.
2: Be, young boy. Thirty
1: goes in the thirty-fifth minute, and a penalty in the forty-fourth. Anthony Martial, hey, he still plays for United. He scored in the sixty-six. Um, the bigger news of the group, obviously, Juventus does beat Valencia 2 0 uh, a brace for Maryland, Pianic at the disco a uh, pair of penalties for him Valencia actually missed a penalty late on but the big news of course Wes coming off from that match uh, in the most in the most Cristiano Ronaldo thing ever <laughs> uh, Ronaldo sees straight red for pulling on a man's hair I, I just it, it, it would be no other way with him no other way uh, obviously very very teary eyed after he had to leave, uh, and of course, the the actual big news is he will because of this, the multiple game suspension for a straight red, he will also miss Juventus's trip to Manchester United on October twenty third. Um, but Wes, I mean, it's still it's it's the most Ronaldo thing ever.
0: It was it, it it's it's a little bizarre. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Ronaldo, who played in ten years for Madrid, you know, never. Never had a, never got a red card in the championship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Ronaldo, I think, feels a lot of the pressure that's on him at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's just compensating too much. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not trying to say it. But yeah, <laughs> so, I know, I, mean, I, I just, know, yeah, I know. I just, I really think he is. I think he's just, you know, he's, he's expected to be the reason that you're going to win the Champions League now. And you know he's just he he's supposed to be the guy to get him there. Suddenly it's it's not quite going to that plan. Mm-hmm. That said, luckily enough for you, Vinces, they've got plenty yeah of anyone even without Ronaldo. So you know, even really for me, Ronaldo is going to be a much bigger player in the knockout stages of mm-hmm. the Champions League much more than he is now. So.
1: Well, and again, big, big for Juventus to to get a 2 0 win after going down ten men. So, so poor start for Valencia. But that is the Champions League for now. Uh, next matches again will be taking place on October second and October third. Um, League Cup is this week. Yay! That'll uh, that'll be a, that'll be a thing. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking about next week. Hooray! Um real bri- briefly news and notes speaking of Juventus uh they will be without the uh, the services of Douglas Costa for a couple weeks um he has been banned for four Serie A games for spitting at Sassuolo's Federico Di Francesco this is coming out of the BBC um there was a very scrappy affair a lot of, a lot of uh, as as you like to say Wesley, it got a little bit chippy out there and unfortunately for Costa, he he did something that was very very bad in spitting and in someone's face. Um, so he will be getting the uh, the four game ban for that. Um, he after the game he did describe his reaction as ugly and did apologize as as people do now on Instagram. Um, Juventus coach Miss Emilio Allegri said it, uh, the actions damaged and shocked the squad and it was totally out of his character. So. Four match ban, Wes, um, but I mean, it's this is there, there's just no call for that. Like, no matter what, that's that's terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I don't know if you really it, expect you to add much to it, but it, you know, well, I mean, it's just there's some things that are just beyond disgusting. You know? yeah. As you know, listen to a lot of panelists talk about, you know, I'd, I'd almost rather. It sounds bad. I could all I can forgive you for punching a guy. Hmm.
1: I, I understand. Yeah, that I, can, logic. I can
0: forgive I can forgive Eric Kantana for, you know, karate kicking a supporter. <laughs> um you can almost forgive Suarez for biting someone. <laughs> but damn it, spitting is just gross. It is it is what a four year old would do to somebody. Yeah. It's disgusting. That's it. I may have had a spitting incident playing football in high school. <laughs> Mine was not so much a spit as it was a drop of loogie on a guy's pile when he but anyway. <laughs> it was gross. It was gross and it was highly immature of me. And if I had been caught doing it by more TV cameras, I probably would not have played again. Yeah. But um I mean it's just it's just nasty, dude. Yeah. I mean you've got to you've got to be at a low depth. To get to the point where you'll spit on somebody. No, think... The thing is, going into that, he had gotten away with two really hard fouls that probably could have seen red. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like Costa had it determined. You know, fuck them. They get. They're going to give me red and something. And he finally found the way to do it.
1: Well, I, I think we all remember. Uh, we all remember. I say it like we all remember. Uh, back, I believe, it was '96 when Roberto Alomar spit in an umpire's face when uh, he played for the Baltimore Royals. So this is not unprecedented. However, it is still very, very rare. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, even in even in football, I mean, Rude. I believe it was Rude Hulet and uh, Rudy Voller, mm-hmm. uh, Holland, Germany. I believe that was the '86 World Cup. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that one happened. Um, El Hodge, Diouf, the maybe the most hated Liverpool player by Liverpool fans <laughs> of all time. Uh, he had a spitting incident. Um, I mean, it's just, there's, there's no place for it. There's no place for it anywhere.
1: Not at all. So just
0: punch somebody. There there you go.
1: Words to live by. Uh, I
0: mean, just do what Ronnie did and just grab him them. Up. There you go. Um,
1: my, our last little news and note, and we don't have to go too much into this because we have gone over this before. Um, but again, I'm pimping them again. This comes from The Athletic. Um, a great article about from Kevin Williams about uh, the La Liga match that will be played between Barcelona and Girona <coughs> in the United States. And the uh, the actual issues that, uh, that are uh, plaguing it and, and could be real problem. I, I like that uh, he actually referenced a lot of stuff he talked about. Obviously, This man is a huge fan of the foreign affair podcast talking about things like uh, La Liga's invisibility in the United States uh, as far as being on television and whatnot. So Kevin Williams, I just want to let you know, since I'm sure you're listening to this pod, um, if you'd ever like to be on the foreign affair podcast, just let us know. And uh, you you have a standing invite, my dude. Um, So, so there you go for that. Uh, But go do go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. We, we love the athletic as you know, I'm a, I'm a subscriber, and Wes, I imagine after his free trial, will become a subscriber. Sure.
0: Uh, most likely. There's yeah. a very good chance. I've been very impressed with him. It. It's really good.
1: I, I, I actually got – I don't know why we're going to talk about this, but we're going to.
0: Um,
1: I actually really got into it uh, for their college basketball coverage. Um, that's that's actually what I got into it for, because one of my favorite writers uh, who used to be at ESPN and is no longer there um, – well, two of them, I guess. Dana O'Neill is there as well as uh, Yamon Brennan uh, who, who do just does amazing articles for them um, and, and as well as of course Peter Gammons writes writes for their baseball sectionals as well as does some Red sox stuff and Peter Gammon's obviously one of the best baseball writers to ever live. Um, so that's really what brought me here and then of course in the summer they added soccer coverage which is fantastic so um,
0: I've been I've been most impressed of everything with. It's been, they've had some very good stuff on college football.
1: I I have not read any of the college football stuff. I, but I totally believe that I 100% believe that. Um, this, this has just been very, very, very good. So again, we're going to, we're going to pimp this out super hard. Go to the athletic.com and start your free subscription today. Hey, athletic (laughs) athletic. (laughs) athletic. (laughs) athletic.com. If you want to give us some gift codes that we could give out to people who listen to the podcast, We'll yeah. shill. We will shill so hard. Totally. We, we, we have no. Nope.
0: We're, we're begging to be shilled.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but that's going to do it for news and notes. Uh, so we're going to hit the watch for real quick. Wes, <clears throat> what are you watching the week that was or the week that will be?
0: Ed, I watched something. Mm. I watched a whole series. Really? What was that? Yeah. I watched uh, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Ah, uh, the Amazon production. Yes, the Amazon production, which is uh, de- kind of depending on what side of the political map you is being either praised or panned. Really? So, uh, of course. Yeah. I actually uh, hadn't heard, I
1: actually hadn't seen any reviews. I'm surprised uh, it's like that, though.
0: Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've-, I've been a big fan of Jack Ryan, mm-hmm. The Hunt for Red October, which is the first time we ever, mm-hmm. I've always been a big fan. I um, oh, like John Krasinski a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I like the version of Jack Ryan he portrays. You know, somebody had made a comment: "Oh, he just doesn't seem very... Uh, you know, like he, he would be that kind of guy." But when you look at it, you know, Jack Ryan was a, a doctor of economics and was a CIA analyst. Mm-hmm. You know, who you know found his way into the field not by his own begging for, it, but just under circumstances. And turned out to kind of be a badass, but the guy he's he's a little more nerdy mm. than anything, you know. And I thought I really like Krasinski. It, it's an eight episode season one. Season two is already in production, mm. um, but he has a really nice evolution and arc from episode one to episode eight. Okay, um, I enjoyed it. Now there there were some plot holes that you could kind of pick at. Um, you know about the use of terror cells and the terror network. Just some things you're like, well, let's do this. This will make sense. But obviously, it came for storyline. Um, I like bang bang. I like shoot 'em up. I like spy stuff. I like mystery stuff like that. Right up my alley, man. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, if if you want to get offended by every time, you know, a a. Muslim portrayed as a terrorist in a movie then i guess it's not for you <laughs> Yeah, you know, but i mean if you just want a good show i mean it's right up there it's in the vein of you know your seal team your ncis a little bit you know, stuff like that man it's right there with it it's uh it's a really solid show, mm-hmm. I, I, show. I, i'm already looking forward to season two myself
1: i'm actually looking on the uh, the av club which is where uh-huh. i like to do a lot of my uh, my my tv news uh-huh. and stuff. Uh they actually gave it a b minus.
0: Okay. I can under i can totally see that. I can totally understand.
1: And uh their headline Jack Ryan italicized meaning the name of the show nails the globe-trotting thrills but struggles with its leading man. So uh,
0: there's I'm, there's I might to say, you know, for some people I think Krasinski might not have done it for him. Mm-hmm. I like him. But I I'll say I like John Krasinski. It's, uh you know and the thing for Krasinski, I think he's done a pretty darn good job of <clears throat> coming out of being typecast as Jim.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, which in a in a, a TV series that was as popular as obviously The Office was.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, a lot of those TV series, it's kind of a catch twenty two be the actor mm-hmm. because you can get typecast as that character, and here was Jim, who's you know. Laid back and funny, and cracks jokes, and you know is really witty with his humor. And then you know John Krasinski's done a pretty good job of you know kind of distancing himself from that. Um, <clears throat> of course, his movie he did uh, what was it the the one that came out over the summer that was kind the, of the Quiet Place, there. A Quiet Place, The Quiet Place. You know got really good reviews for that. Mm-hmm. Um, got good reviews when he was in Thirteen Hours, the Benghazi movie. Mm-hmm. Which I thoroughly enjoyed, um, and, and you know, this is—he—he's not Jim mm-hmm. in this show. Well, let me
1: let me let me just read you real quick. Uh, and this is, yeah. and just to get the work, this is from Dennis Chavez over at the AV Club. Uh, in that respect, Jack Ryan the show is much, uh, very much a reflection of Clancy's work, full of strong convictions but capable of great empathy. But Jack Ryan the man isn't nearly so fleshed out a character at this point. Krasinski certainly looks the part of a former marine. Having jacked up his linkier office physique for 13 hours in 2016, uh, the warm critical reception for A Quiet Place also proves Krasinski is more than just a Scranton-based wiseacre with potential. But he can't Uh quite marry those two sides in his performance. Jack is kind of dour when he's in the field. And while he shows considerable more charm, well, and he's pursuing Dr. Kathy Mueller, played by Abby mm-hmm. Cornish, his grimness elsewhere makes these scenes feel incongruous. It doesn't help mm-hmm. that Kathy is written in a similarly bifurcated manner so that she's only ever reacting to Jack's wooing or telling her co-workers that she's too busy for romance. So it does look like there's... Mm-hmm. They're, they're definitely not hating on it. Uh, I think right. I, I I feel like this is more of a good start, room to grow sort of review. So. And
0: and I, I take that review, and I I can agree with. I under I can see the scenes right now that they're talking about premise, mm-hmm. and they were a little bit like you know I wish I I wish he would do a little something different here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see that I have no problem with that B minus review. I'm more of a maybe B plus A minus. Sure, but that too, is because I'm a, I'm a big fan of mm-hmm. I'm a big fan coming in of it already. Mm-hmm. And also, I think um, my pol- the, the way I look at the world mm-hmm. politically and culturally, um, I think I see it a little different than especially, you know, magazine writers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think in that sense, I, I probably enjoyed it more than a lot of critics will enjoy it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, um, but, you know, if you like that show, if you like kind of the mm-hmm. action-based shows, Obviously if you like the Jack Ryan movies, mm. hey man, check it out. I mean shit, you already got Amazon Prime. There you go. It's you... eight episodes. Um and, and you know, it's it's fun. It's a fun show in the way that it had those endings where the end of every mm-hmm. shit, shit, next one go, go, go. <laughs> well,
1: and that's what honestly what I'd say. I would it I would always gauge with any sort of B minus to B plus review. I would always say, if you're a genre fan, you'll like this. There you go, and I am a genre fan. So there you go. I I think that's perfectly acceptable. Then, Uh, for my watch for this week, what's going to be my watch for of the week? Uh, I tell you what, uh, my watch for. uh, Why is that all gone? Okay, there it is again. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna announce that starting next. Thursday, ah, oh, it's back! I've been listening to their podcast over the entire summer. Uh, One day, producer Jackie and I just rewatched the entire first two seasons on Netflix. Uh-oh. We are ready for season three to start next week. That is the good place. It's back, Mother Forkers. It's going to be so good. Um, I'm I'm so excited. Kristen Bell, Ted Danson are back, and uh, it's 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 such a great show. I can't say enough, and I never want to say too much because I never want to actually spoil it, but it's just such a damn good show. Who knew the best comedy possibly this decade would be about moral philosophy? I never would have expected that. But again, Mm -hmm. and uh, Michael Schur just does a great job. And of course, uh, not really part of The Watch 4, but... It's got to be on your summer. Oh, we don't have a date yet, but Brooklyn Nine Nine, of course, will Bye-bye. also be coming back to NBC. So, very excited! It's NBC. it's it's that it's that summer season is over. The September fall series are start b- to begin again. So,
0: real shows are here! Yay! Real TV's back. Speaking of real TV, Wes, oh, let's get so raw. Uh. I'd rather say a as much as to, much as you want to do. do what you want. I, really, we're just with the sheer volume of information we've thrown out in this show. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep it a little short. Sure, that's fine. Um, that's fine. Because after what WWE, they don't deserve much more. From that's that fair. Either. That's fair. Um, Hell in a Cell started off with a. It's red. <laughs> the Randy Orton, uh, Jeff Hardy match that opened the show was. Just brutal. and he, it, it was hell in a cell perfection. I mean, the 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 sight of Randy Orton tw- um, pulling out Jeff Hardy's gauge in Oof. his ear Oof. and then putting a screwdriver in and twisting it. Yikes. Now, obviously, Jeff Hardy gave him permission to do this. There was no doubting that. So you've got to figure that he understood what pain level that would be. But man, it just—it it looks just terrible. <laughs> you know, it looks just. Oh my God, how, how's this happening? And, and on that end, it was—it was fantastic. That was a really good match. Um, Ambrose and Rollins versus uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Fantastic match, man. They tore it down. Uh, Becky Lynch for Charlotte. They tore it down. Um. You know the uh, the mixed tag match, Miz and Maurice getting over on Daniel Bryan, Brie Bella. That was that was solid. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, trying to think. Of, oh, the uh, Ronda Rousey beating mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss. Good match, man. And then we got to the main event. We got to Reign, Stroman. and as we figured. Strowman just abused Roman Reigns. Let's put it this way. Braun Strowman will never get on the Supreme court. <laughs> um, I'm, not even, I'm not even going. What? To- <laughs> I'm not even going. To- <laughs> Let's just keep going. just keep going. keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, he, he beat the shit out of Reigns. They beat the shit out of each other. And then we kind of got our schmaltzy part of it where McIntyre and uh, – Ziggler came down to try to help Strowman, which of course led to Ambrose and Rollins coming down. Uh, Rollins and McI- or Rollins and Ziggler both came off the side of the cage and went through a table together, uh, which was the huge bump of the match. And I mean, everything's kind of going and you're thinking, man, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. This isn't bad. This isn't bad. And then all of a sudden, here comes Brock Lesnar. Hmm. Well, And not even that. That's not even the issue yet. Lesnar comes, he kicks in the door of the cage. Okay. Which
1: was definitely locked.
0: Yeah, totally. And, you know, Brock Lesnar just with one fell swoop, kicks it in. Okay, <laughs> I can live with that. Well, then Lesnar comes in and F5, both Strowman and Reigns. Mm-hmm. And then that that's kind of it. All of a sudden, after a minute or so of them being down the match is being called because neither competitor can continue mm. so it's a draw mm. I mean you know the whole point of hell in a hell in a cell is you can overcome anything you know it, it was a big that's been made over the last two weeks it's the 20th anniversary of the infamous Mankind versus Undertaker Hell in a Cell, mm-hmm. where Mick Foley literally almost died in the match and kept coming back to finish the match. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy got thrown off the top of the cell through a table, and we thought he was dead for a while. Then he gets off the okay, so he he they take him on a stretcher, they're taking him out literally like they're about to. And Foley gets off of it. He has At this point, he has a separated shoulder and a concussion. Jeez. And he gets off and goes and climbs back up the cage. Yes, this is King of the Ring 98, which is seriously, to this day, one of the most, it's one of the greatest matches you'll ever see just because of what happened. He climbs to the top, and this was not supposed to happen. Choke slams him through the top of the cage, and he lands in the ring. Oh my God. Which means he, like, triple concusses himself. And at that point, a tooth gets knocked out and goes through his nose. Oh, my God. Which leads to one of the iconic moments where it looks like he's smiling into the camera. Just, I mean, just goofy. Just straight up goofy. The guy has no idea where he is. And he's smiling into the camera and has a t- has his tooth in his nose. Jeez. <clears> throat> that throat> match ends with Foley being uh, choke slammed on Thumbtacks. Mick Foley... Just, it was. I mean, I've never seen the punishment anyone took in a match that good and that big. And he finished the match. And here, okay, they beat the shit out of each other, and neither could continue. I mean, it was, it was as damp squid a match ending as you will ever see. Yes. No one was happy with it. And it just it just left this bad taste in your. Roll that over into Monday night, and now we find out back to Saudi Arabia in November or something, and now we're going to get a triple threat title match: Lesnar, Strowman, and Reigns. Ugh, excuse me. And it, uh, man, it's just there's no fire around it. I, I, I hope. To- killed off and wasted what they had in Braun Strowman. I really hope they have it, man, because he was red hot and they've decided to turn him into a heel just to fight Roman to try to get reigns over more. I just I really hope that they don't kill Braun Strowman, man. Yeah. And by kill him I mean like storyline. Right. Just just kill him because his storyline is such shit and people are just kind of like fuck this. I don't care. So uh, WWE man, they were doing good on Sunday night, and then they just dropped the damn ball. And I mean, I, I had no real desire to watch Raw because of it. Oh, and also uh, Styles and uh, Samoa Joe was fantastic. Yeah. Sunday night. So you know, it, w- it was a it was a pay per view that could have gotten an A, but that end dropped it. That end dropped it from show to a C plus show, mm. just because of how bad that end was. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my slow Raw for the week. Ugh, I'm just left with, like, an <laughs> Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> that's it. That's all I got.
1: All right, well, that's uh, that's going to do it for So Raw, and that'll do it for the Foreign Affair podcast, episode 228, um, ending, unfortunately, as limply as uh, the latest or wwe pay-per-view did uh but don't worry we'll be back next week uh to redeem ourselves and possibly the wwe even in the process um with another episode we'll have of course premier league to talk about as well as league cup action to review and uh, maybe we'll even talk europa league because i forgot that's a thing tomorrow that's a that's a
2: <laughs>
1: yeah exactly uh, but we'll be talking about uh plenty more soccer Coming up here. Once again, we are presented by NGSE Sports and sports.com We never stop. Uh, you can find them on Twitter. You can also find us on Twitter. Uh, Wes, you are.
0: I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21.
1: I'm at Edward Green. As a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Uh, also, thanks to all our podcast providers, including Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app. Google play music and the iTunes music store. Uh, So like I said, we'll be back next week, but before we head out tonight, Wes, is there anything else you'd like to add?
0: Um, Just off the back of our hurricane talk, we gave it to you a little earlier. Um, You know, folks, if if you feel compelled and want to give, you know, check out the red cross, check out, Mm -hmm. um, you know, different organizations that are collecting money um, to help with the victims of the hurricane. Ed and I, man, we were lucky. We were very lucky. You know, we, I mean, this was a storm of the century that could have hit. Mm -hmm. And for people in towns like Wilmington, North Carolina, Newber, North Carolina, um, Elizabethtown, Lumberton, Fayetteville. um, I mean, those places are like, they're annihilated, man. Mm -hmm. Um, Havelock, you know, uh, Atlantic Beach, Moorhead City, Emerald Isle, places like that, man. I mean, they got just crushed. And you've got people down there right now. I mean, we're an hour away from a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while we're sitting here, never lost power, air conditioning, TV, everything. I mean, there's people an hour away from us right now who are finally getting some electricity back. There are a lot of people who don't have electricity and won't have it maybe for another few weeks. Um, I mean, at Elnor High School in Kinston, which... I have family that lives in that area. They were fine. They weren't really, they didn't get the bad effect of it. But there's people down there, they set up a field hospital and distribution point at Salfonore High School mm. because you couldn't get out. Yeah. I mean, every every access point to get out, to get into Kenston was shut down. Jeez. You know, because they were flooded and it's it's bad, man. There There's a lot of bad. Wilmington is going to take, it's going to take a while to rebuild to the Newbern. Um, and those are cities that we know well, Mm -hmm. you know, we know them very well. Um, and so, you know, if if you feel compelled, if you can give something $10, you know, give it because it'll, it'll go to help. Um, you know, it's just, it's a bad situation. And, And, you know, we're not even mentioning some of the upstate, the coastal parts of South Carolina, just because they're not really covered so much here in North Carolina when we've got our own issues going on. But just a lot of people displaced, a lot of people who lost everything, and a lot of people who might not even have a home to, go to. Yeah. So if you can, you know, throw them a tensor. You know, throw some support, do something. But um, it'd be greatly appreciated here in uh, great state of North Carolina.
1: Absolutely. A uh, lot, of, lot of people – could really use some stuff right now uh, i know we actually uh for a lot of our hurricane prep we had bought a lot of cans and bottles of water just in case and uh mm-hmm. we obviously didn't have to use them thankfully we were we were very lucky in that so we right. instead of at first we we're like well we can just return to the store and then we're like we could probably just give this away to charities, though. Yeah. So, so that's what we've ended up doing. And uh, so, yeah. so if you guys, again, if you guys were one of the lucky ones out there, like I know a lot of people in the Raleigh area and other places, uh, if you were lucky and you but you did also stock up on stuff for hurricane prep, uh, instead of returning it or even using it yourself, just donate it. Just donate it. Like, like we have a tons of cans of soup and some other and bottles of water. We just. We we don't need it. We can always get more later. So, uh um, no, I,
0: I will I will throw my two cents in on that. Um, I, I'm a I'm a big proponent of preparing for mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. And it might not be a hurricane. It might be a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> could be a freeze. It could be anything in North Carolina. Um, so I I would suggest you know keep you a stock of something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, I mean, d- does everyone really need ten cases of sitting around the no. house right now? No, no. no. You know what? Hey, you could keep four of those for the next storm, mm-hmm. and then go buy you some more. And, and hey, if you got six cases of water, that could really go. Somewhere.
1: Absolutely. So, so go out and um, and we talked about the good place earlier. You know, this has been mm-hmm. our podcast. Now go do something good. So, yeah. for Wes Bradshaw, my calling Crime, I'm Edward hug- Green. Hug-
0: if you see Ed, hug a first, fan. They need it. Right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, everybody, please stay safe.
1: And enjoy the football.
0: Uh, good night, good night, Neymar. I hope you're sleeping tight, knowing that you couldn't finish in the top four.
1: I don't think he cares. I oh, don't. I, I just don't think he, he cares. cares about something. He'll cry. Yes, yeah, he, he does. He does cry a lot. That is true.
0: You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSE Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We
2: never stop.